Welcome to BKW, Baal Kriya Workshop, here at the Database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where we are going to focus on the meaning and the reason, and of course the tune, for Shir Hashirim. And before we do that, I'll give a quick disclaimer and mention that I don't know how many Baal Kriya Workshops we're going to be featuring in the future. We'll see. Uh, but the reason for that is that my real forte is in the area of tefillah, of, of, of Chazanus, and obviously this is a playoff of BTW, Baltzfila Workshop. Um, but for the purposes of this shear, I wanted to focus on the tune for Shir Hashirim, mainly because it's not so uncommon for Balei Tzfila to also be called upon to do a Kriya, and especially for something like Megillah Shir Hashirim, um, which like the other two Megillas that share the tune with it, Megillas Rus and Megillas Kohelas. So although Lichat Chila, um, many shuls have the minhag of reading it out of a cloth, out of a real Megillah, um, though I would say out of convenience, many more shuls don't do it that way, but they read it out of a Tanakh, just like the Haftarah, um, even though the Haftarah also, the Chatechila, is to be read out of a cloth. But when it's read out of a Tanakh, you have the Nekudos in front of you, you have the Trap in front of you, and all things being equal, all you would need to really master is the tune. And if you can master the tune, then you can read it well with uh, with no problem. And so for that reason, I wanted to focus a little bit on the tune for Shir Hashirim. And obviously, I want to also talk about the reason for Shir Hashirim. Why is it read? Because even in Baal Workshop, we, we also go through the Hashkafa many times of what we're reading, so we can have an understanding of, of, of why we're reading it and what it's about. And so no differently here for Shir Hashirim, I wanted to focus on that as well. And that is because Shir Hashirim is, is a little bit more difficult to understand. And we'll, so we'll get to all of that soon. Now, if you're listening to this Shir as soon as I'm posting it, so you're listening to it on Cholomoed, just before the second days of Pesach, and that is because Shir Hashirim, according to at least the Ashkenazic Minhag, is read on the second days of Pesach. It's read... Now, really, it's read on Shabbos Cholomoed, whenever you have a Shabbos Cholomoed. This year, at the moment of this recording, in 2022, we don't have a Shabbos Cholomoed, um, but we have the Shvi'i Shal Pesach, which, according to the Ashkenazic tradition, when there was no Shabbos Cholomoed, um, so then it's going to be read on the Shvi'i Shal Pesach. And so the Ramah, at least when it comes to Shabbos Cholomoed, the Ramah records this minhag in Orachayim 490, Nine Tafzadi Tess. So there he records the minhag. And even though I, I really wanted to get this shear out earlier, because really there's a minhag also of reading it on Leil Pesach, Leil Seder, at the Chaya Adam in Kuflan at 130, he records that some have the practice to read Shir Hashirim right after the Seder. And he, the Chaya Adam explains that this is somehow a fulfillment of the obligation to. Um, relay the story of, of the Exodus, the Sipur Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, until one falls asleep. And the the the, the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch as well, in Kuf, uh, Kuf Tess in 119, he also records the minhag of reading Shir Hashirim on Seder night. So, apparently, the connection to Pesach somehow has to do with the fact that this tells the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Now, obviously, you have to look really closely to find it, because at first glance, you look at the text of Shir Hashirim, and very little does this seem to talk about um, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim or anything having to do with Mitzrayim or the, or the, or the 
the story of the Jews, because it's a love poem, as we're going to explain and describe in, in a little bit. And so the question is, what does that have to do with Sipra Siyas Mitzrayim? So we'll have to try to explain that. So what we'll do right now is we'll talk about the text and the meaning of Shir Hashirim, and we'll, we'll give um, a you know, breakdown of, of what Shir Hashirim is really about, try to answer the pressing question of why this is connected to Pesach, um, and once again, um, then we'll get to the tunes um, or the, 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 the melody of Shir Hashirim afterwards, Be'ezras Hashem. And once again, I'll just mention that I, I really did want to record this before Pesach, so you would have it for Leil Seder, um, but because of the natural chipazon, uh, the, the rush going into Pesach, there just wasn't time for it. You could at least enjoy this, hopefully. If not this Pesach, you can enjoy it for for Pesachim in the future, um, hopefully next time in, um, in Yerushalayim, Ezra's Hashem. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about the the, um, the the meaning of Shir Hashirim. So when it comes to all the Megillos in general, so the the five Megillos um, of, of Ksuvim, they each have a designated place in our liturgy of the different Jewish holidays, so some of the connections between them are, are just e- easy. Like Megillus Esther, why we read it on Purim? Well, Megillus Esther is the basis for Purim. You don't have to look very hard. Megillus Rus on Shavuos is not so hard either. It has to, I mean, the time that Rus took place is during the same, um, same harvest season of Shavuos. There are a lot of other connections. And so for each Megillah, you have to try to figure out why this one was read on this day. And I would say that one of the more challenging ones is, uh, you know, why we read, um, well, why, why we read um, Shir Shirim um, on Pesach. I, I'm a little bit, you have to do a little bit of work for Kahelis on Sukkot, for Eicha during Tisha B'Av, that you don't have to do any hard work at all. Eicha is literally um, describing um, the, the Chorban. So... Why exactly do we read Shir Hashirim on Pesach? What's the connection? And the simple answer that's suggested is that the, the, this love poem that is Shir Hashirim, and, um, an intensely graphic love poem, is really supposed to symbolically represent the relationship between Hashem and the Israel. This is the reason why um, every, every um, English translation you have of Shir Hashirim, um, every good translation will, all, um, will have the translation second, and the first reading will be Rashi's reading, which is giving the allegorical interpretation. Because you really can't read Shir Hashirim just at face value. One, because of how graphic it is. Um, but two... Um, it's 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 not really what it's about. It's real. The, the whole poem was written for this other purpose. This is how Chazal understood it. And so, if this is true, um, what we're what, the, the connection to Pesach, at least the surface connection, um, is that the relationship between Hashem and the Bnei Israel had begun on Pesach when Hashem redeemed the Bnei Israel from Mitzrayim. He selected Am Yisrael as it were to be his wife. Now, if you would suggest just that answer, you wouldn't be incorrect, but it's not a complete answer. And the reason why it's not a complete answer is that the idea of the relationship between us and Hashem is not an exclusively Pesach idea. In fact, if we would try to pin down the marriage between us and Hashem, we would say that that would be Shavuos, right? That that would be the ideal time to celebrate the anniversary of our relationship with Hashem, at least, you know, when uh, the way we celebrate our anniversaries, we, we look back on the marriage, we don't necessarily look back on the time that we first met, and, um, and so that was, so you'd have to explain why is Pesach a better time to celebrate this than Shavuos, and it happens to be that the Svartim have the minhag of reading Shashirim every Erev Shabbos, 
And maybe Shabbos is a time where we reflect on that. Shabbos is the time where weekly we reflect on our relationship with Hashem. So why is Pesach, just because Pesach was the first day that, that we met, um, so is that, is that the reason why? Is it just because it's the first? Is that all it's about? But there's no other intrinsic connection? So, and we, we, we would say again that, that um, we should reflect, reflect on it every single time. So why not? So why specifically on Pesach? And again, you could simply respond to this question that Pesach marked the beginning. And that's all it is. It's just about the beginning. But maybe we would hope that there's something more. And the reason is that we don't want to be that Pesach, just coincidentally, is the time that, you know, like it just marked the beginning. That um, Pesach had to be the holiday that was the first one, and that's why, you know, that's why Shir Shirim is read now. Like, that would seem to suggest that just the Pesach had lucky timing in her relationship with Hashem, and Pesach just happened to be the beginning. And maybe you could say this, in a certain sense, is true. HaChodesh HaZelachem, it was the first month that was ours, and that's what Pesach is. Pesach is, it's the Rosh Hashanah L'Rogalim. And so, so, like, it's not not a wrong answer, but maybe there's something more. So... That's that. That's so. We would hope. We would hope there's something more. So that's one, one reason I would like to search a little bit further. But the other reason why I think we need um, further eon and further investigation in this matter is that Shir Hashir. And if you look at the text and you look at the allegory, the way it's explained by Rashi and Mefarshim, is that Shir Hashirim is not literally just a story about the first time uh, um, you know two people met or about, about a man and a woman meeting. If you look, the text of Shir Hashirim. The Megillah doesn't just describe the beginning of a relationship, but it describes the drawn-out history of that relationship. We hear about the twists and turns of the relationship, the emotional struggles, the development, the good times, the bad times, and so on and so forth. So, as far as the allegory is concerned, one glances at Rashi's commentary, as we've been describing, where he translates the poem according to the history of the Bnei Israel's relationship with Hashem. So one's going to notice that even though the, the relationship obviously started on Pesach, Bashir Shirim also hints to other times of the Jewish year. There are references to Kabbalah Zatorah, so we have Shavuos. There are references to the Chaita Egel, which took place on Shavuos Shabbatamos, so reflecting on the Golden Calf. So there are a lot of different pieces that clearly are not just about the beginning. So just to give a little bit more flavor to the question, and hopefully to the answer of why Shir Shirim is intrinsically connected to Pesach, I'd first challenge you to think about if you could summarize Shir Shirim in a word, what would you say? You'd probably say something like love. That's it's the it's the song about love. Maybe maybe that's uh, most likely how you would how you would summarize the theme of Shir Hashirim. Now, if I would ask you to summarize Pesach in a word, so many people might say something like freedom or miracles or redemption or exodus. And I don't know for most people if the first w- word you would use to, to to summarize Pesach and to summarize Shir Hashirim would be the same word. Right, so if you and if you would say, well, yeah, but the two are connected because why did Hashem redeem us? It was because He loved us. So you'd say, ah, see, the theme is love of Shir Hashirim, and the theme of Pesach is redemption, and it works out just fine. The love of Hashem caused the redemption, and maybe, maybe again, it's not, it's not so far off, but maybe we we can get it closer. Because right? if we think about it, maybe. On the one hand, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's just a cause and effect. Love of us, Hashem's love of us caused redemption for us. But maybe, maybe Pesach, intrinsically, 
is more than just about redemption, but maybe Pesach more fundamentally is actually about love. And where, where, where would you see such a thing? So again, what if I told you that the theme of Pesach is love? So if you look at the name Pesach, just for a second, um, we've addressed this in, uh, in earlier shirim, why the holiday is called Pesach. Why is it called Passover? The famous answer of, of, for the name is that it's based on the, it's based on Makas Becheros, that God passed over at the Jewish homes during the, the plague of Makas Becheros. Pasuk in Parshas Bo, Perek, Yud Beis, um, and Psukim, we have in Yud Gimel, we have in Chav Gimel, Upasachti Aleichem, I'm going to pass over you. Upasach Hashem al Pesach, that Hashem passed over the entrances. So the question is, so what? Hashem passed over the houses. Why should the name of the holiday be based on that one plague? And if the real theme is redemption, then maybe we should have a name that speaks to redemption. But in order to understand the name Pesach, we have to consider another question. And that is why the Torah needed to state that God passed over the homes of the Bnei Israel. Because that, that detail is seemingly extra. Not only extra, but um, if you think about God's capabilities, it almost seems like inaccurate. God didn't you know, need to jump over the houses to not hit them. God should have just never aimed at those houses. You know, God, God's got a special, you know, keen eye, a laser, you know, a, a laser gun that can shoot wherever he wants to shoot. You don't need to say that God maneuvered and did some gymnastics to make sure he avoided the B'nai Israel. Right, the fact that it says that God skipped over the houses of the Bnei Israel seems strange. It almost seems as though God had to maneuver. Had he not maneuvered around them, but whoops, he would have accidentally hit them. But God was so careful that he maneuvered around them. Again, a very strange thing to say. So why does God need to pass over the people? Unless, of course, the people were in his way, so to speak. What if the Bnei Israel naturally had a magnetic target on them that really the plague should have hit them too? What if Klai Israel themselves were not so worthy and they deserve to be stricken by Makas Becharos because maybe, as the Medrash says, Halalu Avdei Avodazar, Halalu Avdei Avodazar, that they too were not on such a high level. Right? So if that's true, so maybe they shouldn't have been saved. And now there should not have been a redemption. But because of, uh, because of Pesach, because of Hashem passing over, that's why we lived. So maybe we can understand that really the, the true theme of Pesach is this unmistakable love. Where does this undeserved kindness from Hashem come from? Right, Most of us don't um, display loving kindness for an individual who has bitterly wronged us and someone has done something wrong to us. So the mercy and kindness is founded on true, unconditional love. And that's how we have to understand Pesach. Pesach is the day of unconditional love, where if Hashem had made conditions, we wouldn't have been saved. Right? Because the, the mitzvahs that Hashem gave us of Dam Pesach, Dam Mila, these were things that Hashem gave us to try to give us opportunity. Right? And, and, but like, even those mitzvahs, we were completely naked. We didn't even deserve those mitzvahs. Everything Hashem gave us on Pesach night was a, was a, a, a loving kindness, an opportunity to, to do something for ourselves. But ultimately, the salvation, the redemption that happened was just a manifestation of Hashem's love for us. And if you think about Sher Hashem, that's actually what Sher Hashem is about. If you go through the poem you go, and you go through the commentaries, what you'll see is that it's not just about a relationship. Right? It's not just about two people who love each other very much. 
But Shir Shirim is really talking about how Hashem is just the best husband in the world to an unfaithful wife in the Bnei Israel. Because from the beginning, the text describes a blackened, sullied woman who wallows in shame, yet her husband not only loves her, but still makes her feel loved. The display of the husband in Shir Shirim is one of patience, compassion, and an undying will to see the deeper beauty in his wife, the Bnei Israel. And so... Really, Sher Sherim is not just about a relationship, but it's about the Chazdei Hashem that keeps the relationship alive. And it's a good muster, really, for, 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 for us. You know, where it, if we can assume that someone has wronged us, but maybe there's room for redemption, there's room for salvation, obviously within Halacha, within Ashkafa, so that, that part of us should say, I want to give you whatever I can in, in the relationship. And it's that love that Hashem had for us and has for us that enables the miracles and redemption to unfold for us on, on, on days like Pesach. And so that, that's really what, 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 um, you know, what, what Pesach and Sher Hashem are really about. So with that, let's take a look now at um, the text of Shir Shirim a little bit. We'll do some of the tune. And then maybe if we have some time afterwards, we'll talk a little bit about some song options that you might use if you're diving for the Amud for Shir Shirim. So coming back to Shir Shirim, the tune. So once again, the tune, Shir Shirim, is shared with um, other Megillos. Not all the other Megillos, but just Kohelas and, and Rus. And this is the typical... Um, Megillah tune. Now, I could theoretically go through the list of the of the uh, trop. Maybe I'll do that, and then I'll, we'll we'll plug it into the first parak. So, if I were using the typical names of the trop, which we all learned when we were preparing for our bar mitzvah at Pashta Munach Zarka, so I'll plug in the Megillah tune right here, and then once again we'll plug it back into the 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 actual Megillah itself. Not going through the entire thing, obviously, but we'll just go through a few seconds of the first parak. Okay. So it might sound like this. Pashta Munach Zarka Munach Segal Munach Munach Rivi Mapach Pashta Zakaif Katan Zakaif Gadal Mechatibcha Munach Esnachta Pazer Klishaktana Tishagidola Kadmaviaz Zagayrish Yershayim Targa Sevir and now this is obviously going to sound much easier when we get to the Megillah itself because um, the uh, a lot of the trop resembles Haftara, but obviously a little bit different. So when we come back to the actual Megillah itself, it'll be more intuitive. You have to be very careful because it's very easy to mix up with Haftara. I've heard people mix it up with Haftara. If you're not sure, stop, and then we'll and then we'll, um, then you can pick up again with the next pasuk, which will you know hopefully be with the Megillah tune. So the actual Megillah will sound like this: Shir Hashirim Ashir Lishlomo Yishal Keini Minishikos Pihu Kitovim Kitovim Dodecha Miayin Lareyach Shmanecha Tovim Shemen Turak Shemecha Al Kein Alamos Ayivucha Mashchini Yacharecha Narutza Heviani Hamelech Adarav Nagilav Nesmechabach Naskira Dodecha Miayin Misharim Ahivucha Shechora Ani Venava Venehos Yerushalayim Kehalei Kedar Kiriyosh Lamoho
and so on and so forth. You know, I'll do an, I'll do another pasuk that has a little bit more trap that I noticed. The next pasuk, pasuk vav. And so let's say you get stuck and you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I just mix, I mixed it up with the haftarah. So then, what you should do is, where you know, finish the pasuk and stop and think. Right, so um, that would be like. As opposed to, um, so a good way to remember is that the haftara, if this helps you, the haftara is in minor, and the megillah is in major. So the minor is usually more sad, but the the megillah, which is in major, it sounds a little bit more happy. A good way, perhaps, to to remember the major and the minor is to think about the end of the pasuk, right? So the end of a pasuk in haftarah is or it sounds a little bit sad, but when it comes to the megillah. It's a little bit more happy. So that can maybe help you a little bit. So just try to sing a little bit of that to yourself and hopefully get it back. Also, if maybe you notice the Balkriya has mixed up the tune, so maybe um, um, you can try to help him by humming the tune to him. Or if perhaps there's a generous person in the crowd and you're the Balkriya, so maybe they will hum the tune to you. And you just so listen out for it. Um, but the, the the main thing is not to freeze up. Don't get nervous. Don't you know? Don't don't just get embarrassed. But stop. Give it a break for a second. Try to get it back. Now, if there is a parak or a pasuk that you would want a full rendition of, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase@gmail.com. That's thedatabase b e i s at gmail.com. I could send you a full recording of whatever you want from Shira Shirim or any other Baltzvila tips or or renditions of pieces that you want me to do. Um, so that's uh, that's a little bit on Shira Shirim. Now let's say you're davening for the Umbud and you want to do a song that you think befits Shira Shirim. So it happens to be there are a lot of, of, of Shira Shirim songs that exist. Um, I'll give you just a little bit of them, but there are some obvious ones, there are some less obvious ones that maybe you want to consider. Um, one that I like anytime that we have um, a, a day that's named after Shira or Shira, like Shabbos Shira, and then we have Shira Shirim. So I like to use Shiru Lamelech Viata Banim Shiru. I use that in Kedusha a lot. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, for, I've always experienced that tune as a crowd pleaser. So that's, that's always a good one. You can, I don't think you can go wrong by using that one. Um, of course, there's the tune for Hashmi'ini. And so on and so forth. So you have that one. Um, another um, song you might want to use is Peschili, uh, right? Called the Fake. Um, you know, the Simchaliner song. Though that song is a harder song to do, and it, it may become a solo if you don't pick the right key. 
So, um, so just uh, if you're going to use it in a place like I, I would use it maybe in Kedusha, but just make sure you pick the right key. Make sure um, you have the right crowd for that song if that's the one you're going to use. Um, so you have that one. Um, this is a song Hishbati. I'm not going to do full renditions of all of them right now. Um, but those are just some options of songs that you might want to sing for Shira Shirim. Okay, but anyway, I think for now that takes us through uh, this workshop. In the meantime, I look forward to davening with you and perhaps maybe even laning with you again in the future. Until then, have a wonderful Chag Kashav and thank you for joining us here at the database.